Bonfires burning bright, funky faces in the night. I remember Halloween, dead cats hanging from poles, little dead around in droves. I remember Halloween. Skeleton life is known. I remember Halloween this day. Anything goes. Burning bodies hanging from poles. I remember Halloween. Welcome to Without Your Head Horror Radio. I'm Neil. Uh-huh. And I am John. And I am Troy. Alright. We got a big show lined up tonight. We got uh, Herschel Gordon Lewis. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I hope everybody oh, got a chance to check out the uh, Dean Cundy interview earlier this week. I did. Matter of. Oh, man. <laughs> that was a most excellent show. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was pretty, uh, I was impressed with it. Uh, mm-hmm. Dean Cundy was a Really cool guy. He was. He was. For a man with black hair and a white beard, he was most cool. Oh, are you afraid of the man with the light hair and dark beard? Is that something well, to be scarce of? Well, it's just, you know, I've seen too many of those, like, the ads for the just for men when it's like, <laughs> no play for Mr. Gray, you know? <laughs> Well, I man. was worried for him. I was okay. worried for Dean. Oh, okay. okay. Yeah. I thought he kind of had the kind of Spielberg look. Yeah, a little bit, yeah. I don't know. I don't really see that if you, like, if you look at the man. <laughs> we'll have to edit this all out of the, uh, of the archives. No, we can't make a habit of that. We just got to let it roll, you know. <laughs> so uh, I believe that, that uh, John here went to see uh, Grindhouse this week. Mm-hmm. I actually did. I attended a uh, showing around 4 p.m. on Monday. No, I have to say, I was going into it kind of skeptical. Not a big Robert Rodriguez fan, but I went out and I, I loved the film. Both of them. Yeah. Well, which, which one do you think was better, the Rodriguez one or the uh, Tarantino one? Well, they were both pretty good, like like equally as good. But like, if I had to pick one, I would say probably uh, Death Proof, the one that was uh, Tarantino's film. Oh, okay. Now, and there's even, like, a few parts in the film that I didn't so much enjoy. I, some of the dialogue between the ladies was just a little little long-winded. Now, I'm not sure if he did that to be, like, bad, like an old horror movie or what, but, like, it kind of seemed like he was trying to recreate, like, a, 
the Pulp Fiction character Jules from, uh, you know, um, Samuel L. Jackson's character. Mm-hmm. That just seemed like a little too much to me. But, uh, I thought, I thought like, uh, and then, uh, Planet Terror, it was just, it was just all around funny all the way through, so. You can't, uh, you can't go wrong with either one of the films. And the trailers in between, they're pretty awesome. I thought, uh, but going back to the Quentin Tarantino movie, I thought it was like, uh, you know, Rodriguez, his was pretty much a spoof of like a bad horror movie, pretty much all, all the way through. So he could pretty much get away with a lot of stuff that he did in his, uh, picture. But like, uh, Tarantino, it actually seemed like, you know, he was like kind of pulling off like a, a horror film. No. Mm-hmm. I thought it, I just kind of respected it more in a way, but they're both like equally, you know, like just about as good as the other, you know? Mm-hmm. So it's really yeah, hard to pick which theater, ones. The, well, the what did you think like the vibe was in the theater? Did it seem like uh, everybody enjoyed the film? Yeah, the yeah. Film. It seemed like everybody enjoyed themselves. Everybody was laughing and then, you know, even like whenever it got up, you know, you hear some people cheering at parts and everything, you know, not to give away a, a, anything on the film, but mm-hmm. yeah, I thought it was a, probably one of my best cinematic, uh, viewings in a long time. I'd say, uh, I'd say it's a shame that it's doing poorly in the box offices. I've heard about that. Mm-hmm. And I'm not sure if it's because of the, uh, the length? The, the length of it, or maybe perhaps uh, uh, Quentin Tarantino, he kind of said a few things in the, in the media. We've heard about it. Something about, like, um, he can do, he never has to aspire to do, like, anything, like, uh, groundbreaking anymore or something. So, some kind of sort of comment to that extent, which I can kind of understand that comment. Because mm-hmm. it's just like, you know, it's kind of like just a... Uh, I don't know how, uh, like, you know, I mean, it's just basically, he, you know, he's just putting together some sort of film. I think he's just thinking thinking about it too much, though. Mm-hmm. Do you think maybe the word of mouth will help it? If, you know, if everybody really had fun going to see it, maybe, uh, you know, next week he'll do better. I it's so. rare that a movie does, you know, better yeah. after its opening week, but, you yeah. know, it does happen. Sometimes. Yeah, sometimes it does. I hope so. I mean, that's the that was the overall experience of going to see it. I think uh, it was just a fun time, really, and uh, it was quite an experience, and it's something I'll probably remember. Well, that's good then. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I hope it does well because if not, this might really put a damper on uh, any more like um, these ideas. Kind of like the uh, the eight films that I for. I don't think did too well. Yeah, you know, if, if both these don't do well, I don't think we'll see any more like double features or anything like that. Yeah, which is a shame. Hmm. Well, anything else you guys? Uh, Um, Have you any guys seen, like, the ads for the host? I think it opened a a while back, but um, it'll probably be on DVD soon. No, I haven't seen any of those. It's a Japanese horror movie. Actually, pretty cool. It's about the big monster. Yeah, with the big, like, it was almost like a giant, like, Komodo dragon or something, right? Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't really know exactly what it is. You don't see it too much really in the ads. No. Mm-hmm. Like a big lizard, I think. Yeah. I think it's actually, it's like some kind, it's like made out of uh, either chemicals or like something that's thrown away into the water in like this monster forms. I, I oh, like Mutant Ninja things. Turtles. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Now, would you consider that movie a horror movie? 
Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Yeah, or TNT as it's called now. The new one that's out. Well, I actually <laughs> haven't seen that. Mm-hmm. But like the original, I will say like just the atmosphere of it. It was kind of it was kind of spooky. I don't know. <laughs> Not necessarily riding skateboards throughout the sewer, but um, <laughs> I don't know. Shredder kind of gave me the creeps. Yeah. When I was well, and then what was it? Was it the second one with the other, with like the evil mutant monsters in it? Uh huh. Yeah. Everybody oh, took the them one. as like Bebop and Rocksteady, but yeah, that wasn't yeah. them at all. So. The original comic book's a lot darker than than the cartoon or the film. Yeah, that's kind of what that's kind of the the drift that I got from uh, reading some of the comics later on, and then uh, you know seeing the films and stuff. Well, the films are kind of darker than the than the cartoon, though. That's for sure. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, yeah. But it's a lot more adult vibe, like the uh, the original comic book. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm actually I'm actually a big. Uh, I used to be a big uh, Savage Dragon fan, and uh, I went back and, like, uh, I think it was, like, issue number 12 or something like that. They had, like, a giant issue, and it had had the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles in it. And, uh, I remember that. Yeah, you remember that? Yeah, I yeah, thought, yeah. like, at the time, I was like, the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles? What the hell are they doing in my comic? <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I, whenever I read it, I could tell that they had a little bit more of a harder edge to them, or whatever you can say. <laughs> Uh, so say quick, I, was, I stand corrected, uh, Ryan Voorhees there in, there in the chat room. He's saying that um, it's not, it wasn't a Japanese uh, film, it's actually a Korean horror film, the host. Oh, the host is? Yeah. Oh, okay. And also a Knight Rider, he said he went to see, he was going to go see Grindhouse, but instead he went to see Blades of Glory. Oh. <laughs> horror film in itself. Yeah, or horrific. <laughs> actually, Will Ferrell <laughs> in some of the movies has been... Releasing, I don't know. I'm not. I'm not kind of a big fan of like comedy, like nowadays. But like, I don't know. It's kind of. It's kind of making. I kind of want to check them out. Yeah, I, the movies I've seen with Will Ferrell, and I think uh, for almost almost all of them have uh, have been really uh, really good to me. Yeah, if you want to go for like comedy, I'm more of like a Rushmore fan. You know, kind of the Wes Anderson films, but like. I don't know, some of these recent ones he's been coming out with, like uh, Talladega Nights, it looks kind of intriguing. I'm like, yeah, oh, I love Talladega Nights. Yeah, I actually haven't seen Without it. Without Ricky Bobby, yeah. Well, this is a horror movie show. <laughs> <laughs> What's well, horrifying is Will Maybe Ferrell's we'll see him hair. in a horror movie. Well, that would be more like Deuce Bigelow, I think. Truly <laughs> horrifying. <but>. Touche. <laughs> Is there, is there anything uh, in the horror world uh, you want to talk about there, Troy? Um, well, let me see. Uh, did I mention last time that um, that uh, oh, the uh, second uh, group of the, the horror clicks came out, the lab? I don't mm-hmm. know if I, I don't believe so. That. Okay. Well, I did. Um, I, I got a, a brick of um, of the lab, the boosters. It's like the second group, mm-hmm. and they're excellent. I think even better than the first ones. Cool. So if anybody was a fan of of um, the horror clicks, or if you want to get into them, pick up the lab. And they also have uh, don't they have like a, a set with the uh, Alien vs Predator? They do. They have um, and you can get um, they have two sets. I think they're like twenty five bucks each, and one has like six aliens and six predators in it, and then the other one, the one that I'm kind of interested in. Has the um, the uh, alien uh, queen in it? 
Oh, really? And it's 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 awesome. It has one alien, one predator, and the the, the who's enormous. Mm -hmm. She's on a giant base, like probably ten times bigger than everybody else's base, and it's got a huge egg sac. And it starts out where she can produce like other aliens while she's attached to the egg sac, but then you can release her from it, and then she can run around the board and just like destroy everybody. So that one I'm definitely going to pick up it, too. The, that one's not, and it's not like a convention piece, like some of the uh, the other um, no, no, Titan figures. Shin Fang, Boom, and everything. Yeah. No, no. This one I think you can get at like any hobby store. Mm -hmm. And also the um, the second uh, second issue of um, Stephen King's um, The Gunslinger, uh, the comic book king. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. So have you, have you picked those up? Oh, I have no. They're just fabulous. They're mm -hmm. just so good. Best thing I've seen Marvel do in a long time. Oop. Hmm. Yeah, I have to check those out sometime. The uh, comic books on the Gunslinger and my like friends. Uh, they they all love the novels. So. Oh, me too. Me too. It, that was like one of my favorite things that King mm -hmm. ever did. Yeah, I've these are like early ones. This is when Roland is is a young guy. <laughs> before he becomes, like, kind of like the Clint Eastwood kind of guy that he is later. Hmm. I've kind of noticed that, though, amongst, like, King fans, that uh, the Gunslinger series is kind of like, like their favorite, you know, books of that he's put out. Well, he kind of crosses into... It, it's almost like more of a fantasy than the straight-up horror, which he kind of did with... Um, if um, anybody had read um, The Talisman, there's like another world, and they kind of bebop in and out of, and it's it's more like a fantasy than horror. The gunslingers like that too. Yeah. So let everybody know too that uh, we're gonna have F. Paul Wilson, uh, you know, author coming up on the show. If you want to uh, give everybody a quick uh, rundown of his work, there, Troy. Okay. Well, one of my, um, and, and I don't say this just just to like brown nose or anything. I got to say that Wilson's one of one of my favorite writers. I just absolutely love the guy. And if uh, and if you if you want to get into like a really good series of books, um, Wilson like his most most popular character is Repairman Jack, and he's kind of like um, kind of like the Equalizer. If you need something done but you can't go to the police and you know, you need someone to fix something for you. He's the guy you go to see. And um, in Wilson's books, I think he has about ten of them out now, Repairman Jack. The first one's The Tomb. And it introduces, like, a bunch of monsters into, like, the whole... I don't... You know, he's not really a spy or anything. I don't know how you'd really describe that. Just kind of a... Um, just kind of like a... Uh, a fix-it man for hire, you know, that's kind of like below the radar of, like, uh, the regular police and stuff. Mm -hmm. And it's a great series of books. His first one, and also they made a movie of it, um, I, I don't know if anyone's seen it, is uh, The Key, mm -hmm. which is, uh, the movie was made in 82, and it, it might be a little dated because some of the effects, are like, they, they go crazy for, like, the laser light effects. Mm -hmm. Which was kind of big at the time, right. but but the story's really good. It's about like this group of Nazis that um, 
go into like a haunted castle keep and uh, there's some kind of evil force there and it just keeps killing them off. It's a really, really good book. Yeah, um, it's actually pretty rare because it's, it was never released on DVD. You can only get it on uh, VHS and the VHS goes pretty no probably about between like 30 and 50 bucks on eBay because it's, uh, it's not it's not something you can uh, regularly find easily. Oh man! And uh, let everybody know too. He also did the uh, an episode of uh, Masters of Horror this season. Probably my favorite episode of the season was uh, Pelts. He didn't do it, but you know, it was based off of one of his short stories. Mm-hmm. All right, I actually should probably go to break here and get uh, come back with Herschel Gordon Lewis, the Godfather of Gore. Hi, this is Dean Cundy, and you're listening to WithoutYourHead.com.
All right, and we are back, and we're joined by the godfather of Gore himself, Herschel Gordon Lewis. Welcome to Without Your Head. <laughs> oh, what a pleasure to be with you guys. <laughs> <laughs> so how are you doing? Well, life is good, and business is good, and uh, I'm, I'm truly honored at my uh, advanced age to still be recognized. So I guess I can't ask for any more than that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Well, everybody, no, you, you even got a website, HerschelGordonLewis.com. Oh, sure. That's my other career. As, as you may know, mm-hmm. uh, the film business is not always a good way to plan a, a deep future, as so many producers and directors have found. Mm-hmm. And uh, I've had very good fortune in, in uh, the world of marketing, where um, you know, in the film business, I was, always, I was regarded as an outlaw. I made the kind of movies nobody else would make. In the world of marketing, I'm, uh, I'm much more respected. I, and the question is, what do you want, notoriety or respect? <laughs> so I got a little bit of each. Um, in, in the world of business, has anyone like uh, recognized you, you know, from your films? You know, oh, great or, Here, it, it's funny because um, until the internet exposed me, the two <laughs> worlds didn't collide. <laughs> I'd be giving a speech on marketing. And somebody might come up and say, hey, you know, there's this guy who used to make these goofy movies who has the same name you do. <laughs> I would say, well, I'll sue him. <laughs> or else uh, someone would come up and say, hey, I found you. And they'd have a, a, a still photograph or something out of one of the, uh, the old movies. But as you're aware, the world has changed relative to instantaneous recognition. The first thing that happened was the uh, video cassette craze. And the fellow in California named Jimmy Maslin, the career out of buying up my old movies and releasing them on, originally on video cassette. And so the Renaissance began. And then with DVD, it was almost an explosion. And mm-hmm. as you're aware, I think, a couple of years ago, we made Blood Feast 2. Mm-hmm. And so some people who thought I had long since expired said, hey, wait a minute, this guy is still around. <laughs> the, the result of that is that as we speak tonight, I am deep in negotiation for the production of grim fairy tales, which I really do want to make because I feel the movie business, especially in horror films, has gone in a very peculiar direction. And I'm going to rescue it. Probably. <laughs> uh, that's something you talked about in some of the um, on the special edition DVDs on the commentary tracks. Was uh, a movie you wanted to do was the um, the Grim Fairy Tales. It's yeah, going to be like a, a bunch of short stories. Well, it's not really a bunch of short. You want to know the plot line of Grim Fairy Tales? Yeah, mm-hmm. I'll, I'll expose it before it's even made. <laughs> Grim Fairy Tales is about a TV show which is called Truth or Uh Oh. And it opens with this lunatic uh, MC. Who's, All right, Janet, he said, to get the question right, you got a million dollars cash, and Mercedes spends 600, a, a villa in the Cote d'Azur, a trip around the world, but if you get it wrong, and the whole audience goes, uh-oh, you ready? Yeah, I'm ready, I'm ready. He says, all right, here is your question. What was President Woodrow Wilson's first name? She senses a trap, but can't tell what it is. What the heck kind of quite is? Come on, the clock is ticking. She's uh, 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 Woodrow. Oh, uh, oh, you got it wrong. He says Woodrow Wilson's real first name was Thomas. Well, it's uh oh, Tom time, and they go to this big spinning wheel, and it spins his right arm. Whack! (laughs) 
she's lying there half conscious, holding her right arm that's in what's left of her, in her left arm. He says, gee, I hope you were left-handed. She says, no, I wasn't. Well, you want to come back next week and try again? Now, the whole idea here is to, is to marry gore and black humor and the intention, and this is one that I really believe in because of some of the strange so-called splatter films I've seen of late, the intention is to have the audience understand immediately that the whole thing is a big joke. Mm -hmm. And that way the audience is with us, not trying to analyze the effects. So many movies we see today are pure CGI, kind of computer-generated images. Mm -hmm. For example, 300, the movie that ran that was number one at the box office for a couple of weeks in a row. Mm -hmm. right. They shot the whole thing in somebody's garage, except for the computer-generated images. Mm -hmm. And the result of that is it's a deadpan kind of thing, which I feel the industry should go beyond that. I think I'm talking too much. No, definitely not. Oh, I know what you mean. Like, I was uh, fascinated. Yeah, I was, I was going to bring up, like, in, in the Gorgor Girls, uh, the episode went well, the, uh, scene where, you know, nipples get cut off, and then the milk comes out. <laughs> I don't want, I didn't want to think that on the air we should discuss that. That's an interesting <laughs> point you're making, by the way, the Gorgor mm -hmm. Girls, because when I shot that movie, I saw immediately the gender, not, not the gender gap, but the, the generation gap. People under age 35 thought it was an absolute hoot. People over age 55 thought I ought to be strung up by my you-know-what. Right. <laughs> and even today, uh, a couple of years ago, my buddy John Waters invited me to a horror film festival in Baltimore. I said, Baltimore? He said, I'll owe you. Like a moron, I went into Baltimore to his horror film festival. And they showed the Gorgor Girls. Mm -hmm. I don't think there was anybody in that audience, except maybe for John Waters and myself, who was even born when I made that movie. Mm -hmm. They were convulsed with laughter. They got it. They understood what was behind it. If this had been a, a, an audience of geezers, chances are they would have been outraged. Mm -hmm. Incidentally, the, the, the coda to that story, I said, okay, John, you owe me. And when we made Blood Feast 2, Jackie Morgan, who was the producer of that movie, said, you're a friend of John Waters. I said, yeah. He said, I'd like him to be in this movie. I said, wait a minute. John is a director. He's not an actor. He said, well, ask him. So I called John Waters. And I said, you owe me. He said, uh-oh. <laughs> Great phrase. But he, ever the gentleman, and uh, he showed up in what, well, we shot it in what used to be New Orleans. And he played the part of a pedophile priest. And we had <laughs> right. a wonderful time. Yeah, that's uh, that's some great scenes in uh, Blood Feast oh, with John that's Waters. A classic scene. Yep, uh -huh. yep. But what I was just going to say about that that scene though in uh, Gorgor Girls was if the chocolate milk didn't come out, I think you know you would just had a really dark image. But w you know when you got the milk coming out, it, it makes it over the top and uh, humorous. You read it, you read it very very well. The whole idea was to have people say how ridiculous, <laughs> but some people didn't see it that way. I figured maybe I should have had a darker colored chocolate. Oh, <laughs> uh, let's see the caller here. Who is this? This is Night Rider, guys. Hi, uh, you're on here with uh, Percy Gordon Lewis. You get a question? Yeah, I do. Um, first of all, I'd like to say it's an honor to talk to H.G. Lewis. He's one of my uh, biggest. Ends of directors along with Quentin Tarantino. And I like I just this have, call, so 
<laughs> but, uh, yeah, I just wanted to get his thoughts on Quentin Tarantino. That's an unfair question. <laughs> and I'll tell you why it is. The most recent Quentin Tarantino output is one that I, the Grindhouse, I think you're talking about, or we, we may both be talking about. Mm-hmm. In my opinion, when you start off with a movie like Pulp Fiction, and you set yourself an image, and then you come back with other stuff like Kill Bill, which I thought was strange. <laughs> and that's a euphemism. Uh, now, now, now he comes with Rodriguez, and they have this double-featured little thing called Grindhouse, in which, in a sense, they are ridiculing movies that really weren't made to be ridiculed or even to be analyzed. It's a different, it's really a different world altogether. And I don't think they understood the nature of these movies because in the, I have, now I'm talking blindly because I haven't seen Grindhouse. All I've seen is a whole bunch of hype on it. Mm-hmm. And the point I would make to you relative to Grindhouse is the way they exploited this movie, in my opinion, is incorrect because they gave away too much information on a negative level before they opened. And as a result, last weekend they opened in position number four. Mm-hmm. They grossed $11 million the first weekend. Now, that's a lot of money, but it's not compared with the with the uh, production cost of mm-hmm. that thing. And but, you know, the amount of uh, advertising. I mean, oh, the advertising was horrendous. And they opened way, way weaker than other movies, including a cartoon. Because, in my opinion, what they have overlooked in this kind of thing is that the purpose of a motion picture that you show in a theater, or whether you're going to just sell some DVDs, is to entertain the audience. And I don't see entertainment in that conglomeration that they put together, much as I admire those two guys. Mm-hmm. Wrong oh. answer, isn't it? No, it's, uh, well, along those lines, how important do you think uh, the trailer is, like a good trailer for a movie? We used to call the trailer the coming atrocity. <laughs> <laughs> and in fact, we wound up, you see, originally when I first started making movies, I didn't want to put good stuff in the trailer. I felt that was giving too much away. Yeah. Later, we began to shoot stuff expressly for the trailer to get some bodies in the seats. Because if that doesn't happen, everything is theory rather than fact. So the trailer and the campaign, in my opinion, are crucial to the success of a movie, sometimes more so than what's actually on the screen. We proved that over and over again with movies that were nothing much more than hype. Now, there's a phrase they use in the film business that a movie has legs, L-E-G-S, or it doesn't have legs. And the difference, really, if it opens strong and then dies, what it means is the campaign was great and the movie stinks. If it just gradually builds... It means that the the campaign stank and the movie was good. Right. If it opens strong and right. stays strong, which is an increasing rarity today, mm-hmm. it means that both both pieces fit together very very well. And you look at some and people think that, that star names make a gigantic difference. Star names are no longer the the alpha and omega they used to be. And if you remember back a, a few years ago when Tom Hanks was in a movie called. A bonfire of the Vanities. Right. That movie lost it. Literally lost its rear end. The most recent one I can think of is a thing called The Island, which had Scarlett Johansson and I've forgotten who her her uh, mm-hmm. co-star was. Ewan McGregor, I think. 
Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now that movie cost over $120 million to make. It doesn't show, by the way. That's another point <laughs> I'd make to you. And it didn't gross back even close to a third of its production cost. Now, if I'm going to lose something like, uh, what, uh, $90 million on a movie, that will hurt. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but both these people, both the stars of that movie, go on to the next movie or the next disaster. So they have the backing that makes it possible to absorb disaster. The typical independent filmmaker does not have that kind of a luxury. We live on our wits. Mm -hmm. And if we're going to open a movie, and I don't care if the movie is going to open in uh, Radio City Music Hall or in Blockbuster or uh, just on Netflix, the the campaign really is a, a major, major factor. I just want to ask quick to um, you know something that really wasn't around back then a bit like uh, merchandising is he, they have action figures now like uh, Jason Voorhees and everything. Has anyone ever asked you to like come out with like a a Fouad Ramsey's or an Adam Sorg uh, action figure? Uh, if if it did, it wouldn't have passed through my hands, and I'll tell you why. <laughs> right. By the time these movies became mainstream, I am a testament to the fact that if you live long enough, you become legitimate. <laughs> I don't own these movies anymore. Mm-hmm. I, I'm certainly the icon through, through which they're recognized. So you know, any negotiations for for any kind of a deal, for example, they just remade my movie, The Wizard of Gore, mm-hmm. as I think you know, Kristen, Kristen Chris Big Lover, yeah, he plays yeah. Montag, he plays Montag. My relationship with that is simply one of interested observer. Now, yes, Jimmy Maslin, the guy who owns these movies, does tend to share these things with me just as I share things with him. For mm-hmm. example, the only thing I still own out of these movies is the music for Blood Feast and 2000 Maniacs, which I wrote. And music is a different set of rights. So on occasion, uh, I will let those rights go. For Somebody made uh, 2001 Maniacs, Tim Tim Sullivan. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And they, they made a, they made a deal with me to, uh, use the music. I simply signed a piece of paper authorizing them to use the music. As for action figures, if you make an action figure of Adam Sorg or, or Fuad Ramses, uh, I think it's a very good idea. <laughs> yeah, I do too. It's <laughs> more, it's, I think it's more true of Fuad Ramses than of yeah. Adam Sorg because a lot of people now, know that Blood Feast was a watershed picture. And it certainly had almost no production value. And the reason it had no production value is that I did or did not do something that the major companies don't or do. And that is watch the budget just in case. If Blood Feast had been a a flop, Mm -hmm. it couldn't have been a total flop. Because enough theaters would have shown it, and that's it was at a time when theaters were the only place to make money. Today, a lot of films are, especially the digital stuff, uh, they're released directly to, uh, video, to video or through video stores mm-hmm. or to maybe the TV. And uh, I was not about to take a big bath on that movie. So no matter what had happened, we weren't going to be in trouble. So if I, if I had made a movie which cost $120 million and lost, not what, uh, $90 million of that, uh, I, that would have really put me out of business perhaps permanently. Mm-hmm. 
That's the difference between independent filmmaking and studio-backed filmmaking. Uh, do you have a question from the board, uh, John? Uh, RRM, actually. He wants to know, uh, is it true that you sing the song for 2000 Maniacs? Oh, sure. That's my voice on the soundtrack. And the reason behind that, we had a very nice group of guitar and, and banjo players as backup on that on that movie. And when it came time to, to believe the theme song to record, uh, I had the entire cast and crew. That's another benefit of independent filmmaking. It's sort of a team effort. Everybody gets along. It's a major factor. You cannot have someone sulking in a dressing room waiting for a hairdresser to show up. And so we, we, we uh, assembled in this little recording studio in Orlando. And the reason I wanted them all there is because the key to the theme song of 2000 Maniacs is a rebel yell. Yee-haw! And I wanted the whole bunch of them going, yee-haw! Mm-hmm. And the first line of, of the lines of the song, there's a story you should know from a hundred years ago. And that's the way it goes. Well, the lead singer of this group turned out to be a tenor. And it was, there's a story you should know. I said, wait a minute, it's not macho. (laughs) Meanwhile, everybody is standing around saying, come on, we want to go have dinner. Well, since I had written that music, and I knew the lyrics, of course, and the tempo very, very well, I had just about the deepest voice in the room. I did it myself. Mm -hmm. But it wasn't done out of ego. It was done because I didn't want to pay somebody else for it. There was nobody else to do it. So my voice, yes, is on the soundtrack. And uh, every now and then, when I when I go to a, uh, a one of these horror film festivals, mm-hmm. they'll ask me, "Can I still sing that soundtrack?" You bet I can sing that. <laughs> I know every word of that. that theme song. I was just thinking, maybe we could get the uh, "Without Your Head" theme song sung by uh, H.G. Lewis. <laughs> You've got you've got a uh, a fan, uh, horror fest coming up, I guess, uh, by Rumorg magazine. Yeah, in Toronto. That's, in, that's I think in August, July or August. I can look it up if you like. Oh. That's going to be in Toronto. And Rumorg, as you may or may not know, is I guess one of the leading horror film magazines. It's it's published in Canada, but it distributes all over the world. And there, there's another factor to it. They are nice people. Mm-hmm. And it, what's strange is. As I tend to wander through the strange, the odd world, half world of filmmaking, I found that the people who make independent horror films are just about the nicest people in the business. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that's a subjective reaction, but it seems to, it seems to be that way for me. Mm, that's cool. Uh, speaking then, of, then, go. next month I've got one uh, in Austin, Texas. Mm-hmm. The, the I don't make a career out of this. Some people do. They go from show to show, right. signing autographs and charging for them. I guess that ain't my style. Have you seen them really like um, grow over the years? Oh, there's almost one every month now. Oh yeah, well, that's a, see again. I'm a, I'm either congratulated for or accused of starting <laughs> the whole thing. <laughs> we made blood please. There was no such thing as a horror film festival because there weren't. That there were no movies of that type. Yes, there were there were Bela Lugosi Dracula movies, mm-hmm. but you, you couldn't get Bela Lugosi, who was really a, a druggie anyway, to show up at a uh, and, and do what? What would he have done? Mm-hmm. Now we have a whole cadre of people, and there'd be stuff the stuff being ground out like so much hamburger. 
Mm-hmm. <laughs> so there are, there is plenty now to go around. Mm-hmm. And I'm stunned even now at the number of, of people who are now in this little business. And a lot of them are making money and a lot of them are having a good time. Mm-hmm. Uh, speaking of music, how did you get Southern culture on the skids to do the music for a blood feast too? That's, that's one of the highlights of the thing. Yeah, Jackie Morgan got them. Uh, what you'll find, I think, and I say this to almost anybody who might be listening who is making a movie, you let word get around that you're going to make a movie. And even if your movie is shot on your own little digital camera, and most of the cast and crew are your schoolmates or your cronies, if word gets into the press of any sort, and I don't care if it's a local neighborhood newspaper or if it's in variety, you will suddenly start getting emails from people saying, can we do the music? Mm-hmm. Because exposure is a major key. And that's true of every facet of movie making. People in the in the business or the, the would-bes who want to be in the business would much rather have a screen credit than have money. I think that's smart on their part, by the way. Mm-hmm. And as, as a, a producer... Uh, you can exploit that, saying, wait a minute, somebody wants more money. You say, oh, well, I don't have any more budget for this, but I'll give you a full screen credit with just your name on it. Mm-hmm. And you would be, you, I don't know, maybe you wouldn't be surprised how effective <laughs> that is as a negotiating tool. Right. Hmm. Yeah, yeah, well, you know, I actually never heard of the band before that. And, uh, you know, just from that movie, I wouldn't look them up. Hmm. So, you know, it worked. Well, yesterday I got a... <laughs> A, a beautiful DVD from a, a garage band called the Gorgor Girls, and they have <laughs> named their their group after the, the Gorgor Girls movie. Mm-hmm. And they were very gracious enough to send me an autographed DVD. <laughs> so you see, this stuff lives uh-huh. for decades after it first starts. It lives. Mm-hmm. I was going to ask you too. Uh, who makes the best fried chicken? Is uh. That appears well, a lot in your movies. That's, you see, there's an area in which I do claim expertise. <laughs> <laughs> I like Bojangles. Now, in fact, I went into morning. The local Bojangles here in Fort Lauderdale, where I live, closed down. That left me with Popeyes or Kentucky Fried. Mm-hmm. And there's no question in my mind that Popeyes fried chicken, and you've got to be careful. You order the spicy, not the regular. Yeah. If that's the route to take. <laughs> because uh, if, if you... <laughs> But sometimes, sometimes they they falter. But generally speaking, Popeye's fried chicken is is quite adequate. Yeah, that's very good. I have all I have to say, my grandmother's fried chicken's the best. Or I else she'll be mad. That, right. <laughs> <laughs> it occurs to me I ought to have some sort of a, a, a fried chicken tasting contest in which I'm the sole judge. Oh, there you go. <laughs> uh, RM also wanted to know. He's got a question here. Does it sadden you that the social experience of movie going is dying out these days with the death of uh, drive-ins and the event of uh, home theaters? Well, you see, the drive-ins, of course, re- represented the major outlet for a lot of independent filmmakers. That's because drive-ins traditionally would show two movies of a night, and one of them could be a piece of crap, and that would be mine. <laughs> I don't know that drive-ins were that sociable. In fact, I, if you if you go to a theater today. The amount of sociability, I think, is over the top. People who have grown up watching at home, looking at a TV monitor, and talking while it happens, think nothing of going into a theater and doing the same thing. 
Mm-hmm. And you will find that a lot of these these older people, the seniors, citizens say, what's going on here? I'm never going to come back to a theater. I got her talking all the way through it. That kind of sociability is not a good idea. And the drive-ins also used to play the kind of product, not just mine, that many hardtop theaters wouldn't play. And so that, that of course, is also in Eclipse. And the drive-ins that remain sometimes now will have seven or eight screens. It's a different world. And you either adapt or you die, or else you go in directly into uh, into video stores. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, what advice would you give uh, someone who wanted to start making their own movies, get involved in independent uh, films? I would give anybody who wants to make his own movie a bit of brutal advice. Number one, don't hand hold the camera. (laughs) (laughs) Number two, if you have a friend who claims to be an actor, make certain that person can act. (laughs) Number three, and this, this is a crucial item, consider the people who do not know who you are, who are not aware that you're another mad genius and you say to yourself, yes, I, I am much superior to them in intellect, but they are the grist for my mill, and I am determined to entertain them, not to startle them with, with some sort of a strange uh, plot line that makes sense only to me. Mm-hmm. I hope that aborts some <laughs> projects that might be underway right. and encourages oh. others. Right. Well, that yeah. just killed my movie. I'm going to stop production well, on, right now. <laughs> on that happy note, gentlemen, I guess I want to retire for the evening, but I really have had a good time with it. This is an unusual kind of um, conversation for me. All right. Well, I uh, really appreciate coming on tonight. A pleasure, believe me, was, was mine. Right. So, all right. Neil, John, uh, Troy. Troy. I'll talk to you again soon, I hope. All right. Hey, this is Adam Green, the director of Hatchet, and you're listening to WithoutYourHead.com. Thank you.
All right, we are back. Big thank you to uh, Herschel Gordon Lewis, mm-hmm. Godfather Gore. That was really cool to get to talk to him. Oh, for sure. That's cool. I have voice envy, though. That guy has one cool, cool voice. He does have the cool voice. He also, uh, I think he's a guy you could probably learn a lot from if you... Uh, I don't know. I, I have to give uh, Troy props there. He does have one cool voice as well. Well, man. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Some people would say John's got the, uh, got the smooth uh, southern uh, voice going on. I yeah. think down in Australia, it kind of gets the ladies mm-hmm. going. Really? Uh, yeah, I'm sure they don't say that. Well, I've heard they do. <laughs> heard they do. I'm sure they don't say that about uh, Neil. Though. Yeah. No, yeah. my voice. Everybody too nasally. Oh, all, all the guys call him. <laughs> Whoa! <laughs> You're like, let us talk to that Neil. <laughs> hey, how's it going? How's my life? Right, we're back. <laughs> yeah. Oh man, now I'm gonna have some kind of. I'm gonna. Um, We'd be depressed the rest of the week. We think, man, what's wrong with my voice? John doesn't like the voice. I like your voice. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, that's good enough. I nah. hate my own voice. Though. Oh, come on now, Troy. That's my admission. That's my admission. <laughs> we got to write some like theme songs or something, and then uh, <laughs> we can do them all together or something. All right. Well, I, I wonder if we have to pay um, uh, Lewis to... Uh, oh. Let's pay Herschel to sing us a song. That'd be pretty we'll cool. Be like, we'll be like the Crosby, Stills, and Nash without you. <laughs> but I actually, I caught up on some of my horse show girl, Gordon Lewis films mm-hmm. while preparing for the interview. And I have to say, probably the favorite out of the three that I watched, and I don't think it's like one of his favorites, though. No. Yeah. Is actually uh, Wizards of Gore. Yeah, I, I, I love that. One. I love Wizard of Gore myself. <laughs> I, I can kind of understand why that wouldn't be like one of his favorites because <laughs> it's so bizarre and it's just like even like the uh, death scenes it cuts back and forth like it's like oh they're good well you know the trick scenes I guess is what uh-huh. you want to call it it's like they're good here and it's like no now they're bad and it's like they're good <laughs> bad good bad and the audience is just kind of have the same. Uh, Look upon their face, but uh, one of my favorite scenes had to be when he was shoving the spike into the girl's head. And, for, <laughs> and if that wasn't horrific enough, he was like, "Well, I'll pluck the eyeballs out for good measure." <laughs> <laughs> the facial expressions, Crispin Glover, my friend, you have a tall task in that of you. Yeah, I was I was really worried about the remake, but then when I saw Crispin Glover's playing him. I was kind of like, I don't know. I think I might want to see this now. <laughs> it's got the Glover, not Danny. I'm in for it. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, it's just a quick plug. Um, anybody wants to pick them up on DVD, you get the Herschel Gordon Lewis collection. You get like five or six films. Or you can also get the uh, the Trilogy of Blood, which is probably the one I'd recommend. Or you can get them both. And they're pretty affordable. You put up by a Something Weird video, and they all have uh, cool commentary tracks. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, commentary was great. Yeah, I think they're worth picking up just for the commentary. Tracks. Yeah, yeah. I think my favorite though is Blood Feast. Still, that mm-hmm. that one is just. Like, yeah, that would definitely favorite. have to be. That would be the second in my pick. Mm. Although I thought the weakest one might have been um, the one with the artist. That's uh, RRM Rickard's mustache. That's actually his least favorite. I think uh, some of uh, Herschel Gordon Lewis fans might not like him as good. Because to me, it's more like uh, the most like kind of mainstream of all the all his films. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it wasn't. 
wasn't enough like blood and boobies in that one. <laughs> I do, th- I do think the artist is just awesome though. Yeah, he's great. He's great. Now, how would you feel as like an artist if like um, somebody came up to you and they started critiquing one of your films and they said, "Not enough blood and boobies." <laughs> <laughs> Well, that's what I need, my Herschel Gordon Lewis. <laughs> uh, speaking of blood and boobies, we have a caller here. Who is this? Que pasa? Hey, how's it going? Oh, must be outside. Uh, que pasa? How are you doing? I'm doing good. <laughs> good, oh. good. Hey, hey better, I, 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 <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't know if y'all mentioned it. I don't, I don't know because I have a problem with the stream. Um, mm-hmm. Did he say anything about the 2001 Maniac movie? Did he mention anything he about mentioned, that? Yeah, he just mentioned it was made. Uh, by the by, his tone, I'm not sure if he was too big on his movies being remade. Yeah. Right. It, it did sound like that about that other movie, too, he all mentioned. Yeah, The Wizard of Gore. Uh, yeah, because I, I didn't see it. Uh, I had, uh, like, you know, I had my daughter watch it and some other people, and, you know, they wasn't too crazy about it, mm-hmm. you know. But, of course, they haven't seen the other one, either. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you know, but I did I think the only movie I remember that I've seen that he made was Monster of Go Go. Oh, okay. Yeah. That one was I mean was really uh <laughs> something else. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It was really out there with with the the circus scene and the I, I don't know, it, it was something else. I mean I, it was years <laughs> when I watched when uh, I painted it, you know. I I think actually yeah. Monster of Go Go is because uh, he talks about the commentary track. What it was, he bought like um, he bought like some footage that someone else made, another director had filmed and never finished. Okay, and then he just kind of put it together to uh, to have a double feature playing along with one of his other films. So it's not necessarily okay. like a movie that he actually filmed. It was uh, he took a bunch of footage that someone else filmed and cu- and tried to make a movie out of it. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. It was it was out there, man. I mean, uh, <laughs> no, it's like Blood Feast, though, Santo. You got to check that one out. Yeah, Blood Blood mm. Feast, huh? Yep. Yeah, yep. and Wizard of War. Right. And now the oh, soundtrack to that yeah. one is like what something to behold in itself. It's just, <laughs> it's just all doom. <laughs> there is no I cheerful mean, moments in that soundtrack. <laughs> it's just boom, <laughs> boom. <laughs> I was checking out the titles of some of the movies you got, man. I mean, it's just a trip. You know? <laughs> uh-huh. I mean, oh, God, uh, yeah. the, the Goldie, Goldie Lies and the Three Bears, something like that. That's <laughs> <laughs> a gruesome piece of a good one. Yeah, he won't, won't call Boing. <laughs> <laughs> you know, uh, Blast Off Girls, that sounds good. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. You know, I oh. think I've seen a new version of that. You know, but I think it's a little different. <laughs> now I actually forgot to bring this. I actually forgot to bring it up during the interview, but like, you know, I was watching uh, the commentary on uh, Last House on the Left, and uh, and Wes Craven was kind of you know bragging up that he uh, used a chainsaw before uh, before Texas Chainsaw Massacre, but. You know, I mean, in uh, in Wizards of Gore, they had a chainsaw. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. and that was what sixty five, I think. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. that would have had to been yeah. before Last House on the Left. Yeah, well, way before, really. Mm-hmm. I think the difference, but you know, they both uh, I remember now. But I think a lot of the difference between both uh, Last House on the Left and like the Gordon Lewis movies is there really is no comedy in the uh, Last House on the Left. No. It's pretty much just right. uh, sickening. You Unless know. you watch it like 20 times, and then you're just like laughing. 
1970, yeah, 1970 was yeah. the goal. I'm looking at uh, 1970. You get the line, kiss your yeah. pants, and you just start dying with laughter. <laughs> <laughs> I guess God, not, not, <laughs> not to get out, this, get out the subject, right. but I just got this movie that I read on the forums mm-hmm. that's from Korea. Called oh, the host. the host, yeah. Oh, yeah, I, I wanted to, to check it out before. Well, I don't know. I haven't seen it yet. I mean, oh, okay. I see like little pieces, you know, because I did, you know, got it, you know, pirate, the pirate way. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> Arr, as an army made it. <laughs> yeah, he bought it, he bought it from, uh, from a guy with a hawk, is what he said. <laughs> you know, because a friend of mine from a comic book store mentioned it to me. Said, man, because he, he knows I'm into like Asian movies. You know? right. He's like, man, you got to see this. It's awesome. I said, okay. He said, where you get it at? So he told me where to get it at. <laughs> and, uh, Take a video. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and um, I, was, I was just scanning to it after, you know, I got it. Just to see how you know good it came out, you know. And mm-hmm. it, was, it, it looked pretty good. You know, I just saw, like, the beginning, how the monster looked. Mm-hmm. And the special effects looked good. You know, it's like Jurassic Park type. Yeah. I, I know from the ads, it's, I've been really wanting to see it. Yeah. I, I like them. I don't know if it's the mom or the grandmother that's got the bow. <laughs> no, I saw the chick with the bow. I don't know. Yeah. But look, once I review it, everything, you know, you know, I might send it to y'all like I do that battle royal, you know. All right. That'd be like, cool. I'll check you out. I hope y'all love, man. Yeah. All right, man. Let me check y'all shows and stuff. I'll do that, yeah. But I'm really interested to see this movie. All right. And also, I read y'all, y'all, Heard something about it. it was an anti-American movie. That, that's what they said on. Uh, that's what uh, Ebert said on Ebert and Roper. Uh, not Ebert. That's what Roper said on uh, Ebert and Roper. I'm I've not really sure. Yeah, too. I'm not really sure because you know, I haven't seen it. But um, okay. that's what he's saying. I'm, I'm curious to see what you know. I think he, they're he, kind of tying like the whole movie into like uh, how uh, America handled Hurricane Katrina, which I don't know if they're just oh, too no, much into the movie. That. Yeah, I don't know if they're just reading too much into the movie or, uh, you know, which can happen. I really need to, yeah. I really need to see that now. <laughs> you, know, you know where I'm living. You know where I live. Yeah, you're, you're right. <laughs> I didn't I, no, I you know, really. like, make a statement about that one, then. Yeah, I, I mean, it's probably true. <laughs> Believe me. I live. <laughs> the way everybody feels down here. And uh, it might not necessarily be anti-American. It just might be kind of... Um, you know, uh, talking about how, how how it was handled. I don't think that's necessarily anti-American. No, no, it, it's not. I don't mm-hmm. think so. If, if it was that, no, I don't think none of us in the city think it is. Right. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, I'm, you know, yeah, that's something that's pretty cool. You know, I'm, I'm, I can't wait to see, you know. Yeah. And, and check it out. I'll let y'all know. All right. We well, actually got a couple more callers here, so uh, just have to let you go. I'm sorry, El Santo. No, no problem. No problem. Oh, Gonyo. Oh, must be Glenbow. Yes, we got yo. the first without your end call. You're from Glenbow. All right, yo, me. All right, guys, let me go. Let this guy go. All right, Santo. See you, Santo. you're calling in, man. Hey, what's this place going? No, we just, uh, we just, uh, Herschel Gordon Lewis go. We, we can Did pretend John is Herschel. We're still on air, though. We're still on the air. Did he do, like, did he do gay porn and all that, you know? No, no. He wasn't doing that stuff. So. No. No, I don't think so. You think him and Conrad had something going on? I think him and Conrad had something going on. 
<laughs> that would be a good movie. A little Conrad Brooks. Get it out! Get it out! I'm changing my dog's name to Django. Oh, man. <laughs> oh, I, I got to tell you guys, this is about Glenbow today. Glenn shows mm-hmm. up, and he's like, yeah, my, my dog bit me today. So I'm like, oh, okay. So I expect to see, like, a little bruise, maybe a scratch or something. He has got the most gruesome bite I have ever seen. It looks like something out of Dawn of the Dead. It looks like <laughs> Savini put this I got to take a picture. Oh, man, we need a picture for the forum. Oh, it's, it's gruesome, man. You could, you could use the, it in a movie. How was the show? Oh, excellent. You can check out the, the show still going on right now. Oh, you know, I, I fucked up. I couldn't find the gun. I just thought fuck was in my wallet. So. That's all right, man. <laughs> we still love uh, you, man. Yeah. It probably would have been a, a shorter interview if you would have called in and asked that question. With <laughs> I probably, probably, probably would have, like, fucking hung up, though, you know? Yeah. Hey, what's going on on the cape here with fucking uh, David Carradine and all this fucking movie shit going on? David Carradine's on the cape? Yeah, they're doing a movie. Well, what movie yeah. are they doing? Some kind of pirate movie, I think. It's a running theme here on the show tonight. I know. It's a pirate. I want to throw throw an egg at him. (laughs) (laughs) He's going to get pissed off and kick the shit out of me. Is it a new job? The old man still has it in him. (laughs) (laughs) You got anything else, sir, Glenn Bokes? You got another call here. What's that? We got another call here. You got anything else, sir, Glenn? No, I'll talk to you guys later. All right. Thanks for for calling in. Thanks, Glenn Bokes. All right. We well, yeah, I'll send that over to you. All right, all right man. See you right, right. Get another call here. Who is this? Hey, this is Ryan. Hey, Ryan. How's it going, Ryan. my man? Hey, pretty good. Um, I'm part of Hostomania with uh, you all and Santo. I'm dying to see this movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, yeah. Well, you have to get on to the peg leg uh, videos. <laughs> <laughs> I'm I'm uh, bordering on going and doing that. I got I get wicked pissed when they uh, they released it in theaters. Mm-hmm. I live in New York State, cause, so there's really no excuse for them not to put it in a theater near me. And every all thirteen theaters didn't run it. Yeah, we didn't get any any blip of it around here. Either. Yeah, I mean it, it's really hard here on the Cape if it's not like a mainstream film for to really see it at the theater. So, uh, yeah, maybe it's time for the, uh, the peg leg video. (laughs) (laughs) Don't take care of you, matey. I'm sure it'll be being released uh, soon on video. It's gotta be released on DVD. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure it will. It's only a matter of time for these type of things, you know, especially if a movie that has this much steam behind it, you know, if there's a dollar to be made, it'll be, it'll be out some form, some fashion, because, and, you know, I went to Walmart the other day and I saw Versus in the uh, in the display case. I was surprised about that one. Versus kicks ass. Mm-hmm. Fine the, uh, film. The laser sight on the sword. <laughs> I liked. Uh, my favorite part was the spoof on the Matrix. You probably know what I'm talking about, but I don't want to spoil it for everybody. Oh, uh, everyone, you should go see Versus right now. Mm-hmm. Good. Leave good the film. stream running and go go watch Versus. <laughs> Pick it up yeah. at Walmart. They have it here right on uh, Amazon, uh, the host. You can only buy it new and used, so I'm, I'm assuming it must be like uh, the, the uh, Korean uh, version. Yeah, secondhand, perhaps. <laughs> a little peg-leggish. Yeah, there's even a, there's <laughs> even a, a gift set you can buy. It's like a, it's like a big box set. It's like 65 bucks. Oh, so you get an Amazon kicked off now. Hey, They're going to be busted a... tomorrow. <laughs> it's, got four, it's a four-DVD set. 
man. Or DVDs. Yeah. I don't know what's going hey, on. It's got to be a good movie. Yeah. Is it so pretty best to get four discs of bullcrap? It's uh yeah, two disc wide uh widescreen edition. Uh, it's a different movie. Uh, <laughs> it's a uh, region three, so well, that's like uh, that's not even no, that's not a, that's not U.S. region. Like yeah, so you see, it must be out on DVD you know, in other countries, but uh, not here in the United States yet. But yeah. if you have like an all region player, I guess you could pick it up. Mm-hmm. I know nothing about those things. <laughs> Hard. That's that's not legal either. All region players. I I don't think like you're supposed to be able to do it, but like a lot of DVD players, you just like push like one two three four five and then like twelve and then mute up down up down left right. B A B A or like start. Uh, um, and then uh, and then I'll play some region uh, region three oh, stuff. I thought that's how, that's how I thought so you get like unlimited lives in Contra. Uh, that's look, what I thought. Uh, take your uh, take your. Uh, Take your serial number and look it up on Google. <laughs> That's all I'm giving everybody. Yeah, this this show really seems. I think uh, we're getting some uh, some uh, quality advice here on the show. Everything seems on the up and up. Me. <laughs> Next show we'll tell you how to buy heroin. <laughs> <laughs> I believe you had something else to bring up too, uh, there, Ryan. Yeah, a couple weeks ago or a few weeks ago, you guys were talking about what might be the uh, the new monster that catches on. You know, there's the zombie, the vampire, the mm-hmm. werewolf, and uh, a, a recent a recent film, The Reaping, has brought up what I think may be the next new great monster movie. God, <laughs> I was uh, you know, he's going to unleash the plagues. I thought they were really pushing it with Final Destination, where you know Death was the bad guy. Mm-hmm. Right. Kind of curious for your thoughts on um. Fighting God. Fighting God. Hmm. Can you take God? I don't know. That's uh, that's a good question. Probably not. He since he's uh, since he's the Lord. Well, it depends on the plagues. Like locusts don't really scare me to have much. <laughs> you know, so the leaves are gone on the trees. They'll come back. You know, it's a bunch of bugs. <laughs> I've never understood that one. What does the locust yeah. do? Do they fly in and like? Do they have, like, ninja swords, or can they ninja kick, or... The, the only thing that would worry me, like, in... I don't know if it was the original Dr. Fives, or it might have been the second one, where he, like, liquefies a bunch of, like, vegetation and drips it on the woman, and then the locusts come down and, like, eat her. Yeah, that was the first that, one. Yeah, that, you know, that, then you might have some words, but as long as you're not wearing, like, your... You know, your cauliflower vest that day or something, I think you're safe from the locusts. <laughs> I guess they were a lot scarier back when people didn't have windows. Right. Well, true. Couldn't really, like, shut the door. <laughs> you didn't door. have a grocery store either, you know? Yeah. Like, if it's your crops getting eaten, then you're probably a little pissed off. Yeah, the locusts are probably kind of outdated by now. So. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I guess so, yeah. What yeah. other plagues were there? Frogs. Well, the, uh, I guess that's a, that's a pretty bad uh, horror movie premise. If, like, you know, nowadays you can just shut the door and that's the end of it. <laughs> yeah. Oh, here comes a frog. All right, close the door. Here goes my idea for the movie about, like, uh, you know, uh, mild wind. <laughs> humid. It's awfully humid. Oh, shit, we're doomed. <laughs> they got, like, the plague where all the water, uh, all the uh, the river turns to blood. They really drink bottled water anyway. Yeah. <laughs> Don't go true. swimming. That's true. Yeah, who's, who's using like, God boarded again? The crocodiles might, I mean, the alligators might be pissed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, well I guess it's the horror movie that preys on crocodiles. They're mm-hmm. pretty screwed. 
Yeah, that well, they haven't made a crocodile movie for a while. It used to be kind of a big thing, like uh, people would buy crocodiles and flush them down the toilet. Like Placid? Oh, like Placid. I actually like that movie. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, Betty White was. Betty White's a yeah. See, that's a movie. Actually, when you watch it, there's a lot of uh, comedy in it, which makes mm-hmm. it a lot better. But uh, actually, I guess we got to wrap this up. Uh, anything mm-hmm. else you want to add there, Ryan? Uh, it's all right. Uh, good show as usual. Really like the interview with uh, Mr. Lewis. Well, thank oh, you, cool. thank you. Yeah, he was really. Uh, it was really fun. You got to check out the um, the it's Dean Cundy interview. Right. Mm-hmm. That's on withoutyourhead.com. Mm-hmm. Unless I give it. Yeah, let's give a big thank you to uh, Arrow on the Head. Yeah, Joe Blow forward slash Arrow. That's the URL. Uh, it's a great little site. It has uh, all the horror news you could uh, shake a stick at. Right. You can also go right to Without Your Head, and there's a link right at the bottom of the webpage. Mm-hmm. That'll help you out on your quest to finding this website. It's a great mm-hmm. site. Yeah, and also I- check out ClassicHorrorFilmBoard.com. I didn't know that other one existed until John had, like... Showing me the way. Yeah, good website. Joe cool. Blow. Joe Blow rules, man. Mm-hmm. Well, what were you saying, Ryan? Oh, nothing. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Very good, then. <laughs> well, uh, you yeah, want to join? You want to join in the? Uh, that's about the as climactic as the locust. You want to join in with the uh, without your head laugh? All right. Yeah. Sure. Let's All go. All right. Thanks for joining in, everybody. This feels uh, a little bit contrived. I mean. I don't know. I think it's. I think it's a big. Uh, I think people are into the laugh. They like it. I think so. All right. I'll put, I'll put my. They heard the it. They enjoyed it. <laughs> 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 <laughs>